You're listening to the Mining and Energy Union podcast. Yes, indeed you are. I'm Tim Brunero. Look, this episode does come with a warning. You'll hear a description of a workplace accident where someone was horrifically burned. If that's not what you're up for today, then maybe come back when you're up to it. But it's vitally important that we do tell this story. Because if it wasn't for the Victorian branch of the Mining and Energy Union, those responsible for this horrible incident would have gone unpunished after WorkSafe refused to prosecute. At 4pm on Monday the 12th of November 2018, Graham Edwards, a much-loved unit controller at your lawn power station, was hard at work doing a job he'd done for decades. A high-voltage circuit breaker in Unit 3 needed to be racked out, essentially replacing the breaker. This involves manually winding the circuit into place. Victorian Secretary Mark Richards was good friends with Graham. He wasn't able to do that job. Uh, Someone else was, and he already had his gear on. He said, I'll do that. Very conscientious. That decision to step in for a colleague cost the 54-year-old his life and saved someone else's. Essentially went down on an outage to rack out a circuit breaker, 6.6 kilovolt uh, circuit breaker. It's like a 44-gallon drum size. You've got to push him in, lock him in. There's a procedure to follow. He put the circuit breaker in as per his training, and during that process, um, a cable that runs the uh, operation of that fell in through the back of a poorly constructed uh, fix-up of that circuit breaker when they modified it some years before. It then uh, contacted the live bus bars, which then exploded um, with an arc flash. And that arc flash essentially is 20,000 degrees Celsius, uh, vaporised copper, and uh, he had all the safety gear that was provided by the company on, and some that he didn't need to wear. Essentially, what that did is it vaporised everything on him. I've been told the only thing left on him um, was his belt and his boots leather belt. He then managed to um, get up to the control room. Um, people, I knew something happened because of the flickering of the lights is my understanding. He gets up there, he could talk, he said I did nothing wrong, I did nothing wrong. Um, and, uh, and basically was whisked off um, with a helicopter uh, as quick as I could to get in the hospital but basically he was dead from the moment that happened. Uh, there was no chance, they gave him palliative care. They gave him palliative care pretty much the moment they um, took him away and uh, passed away about a day or so later. Mark Richards knew Graham well. Great guy, um, very methodical, everyone will say that. Um, to the book, to the letter, um, very proactive. He was a member of the union, a lifelong member. Um, he essentially made sure that um, he was there at site, your lawn was well represented. I've been to a couple of uh, mining and energy conventions. Uh, Every four years we'd have one. I remember Gold Coast was one of them. We'd always go up there and and we're always talking business. It's not just go up to have a beer. It's actually, we're having a beer, but we're always talking about the problems of the world, especially in the power station industry. And uh, then back in the day when the 75 workers were locked out, you know, as part of the protest, uh, we managed to get a photo of him, which we talked about how Energy Australia was uh, hurting families. So he was very active. and even though I worked at a different power station, I used to catch up with him pretty much every month. Uh, 
used to annoy me a little bit, he'd go to the, his favourite coffee shop, because they made the coffee just the way he liked it, but the place used to echo, it was just one of those concrete chambers. And I'd say, just across the road, <laughs> nice quieter place. No, no, make me coffee here. So he's a little bit rigid or methodical, or stuck to his habits like that. Um, and a little bit of an extra link too. So he, I'd go there and he'd just tell me what's going on in their power station. Because in the days of the State Electricity Commission, we all interacted with other power stations, but after Pro Jeff Kenner privatised the place and ran the scalpel and took out thousands of jobs, um, you didn't have that interconnection unless you did it outside of work. So we used to do that, but he used to work with my father. My father used to work at Yellowon, so I had an active interest in, in hearing about that. But he even bushwalked with my father uh, down at Wilson's Prom. I remember hearing a story where they're up to the waist in mud for quite a few hours. <laughs> they took a track that hadn't been open for years. So yeah, he was um, fairly proactive um, in keeping fit and doing all that stuff. And massive, massive union uh, supporter. So yeah, good guy. Mark, who himself spent 28 years working at Hazelwood Power Station, so knows the industry well, still remembers the afternoon of the incident. Now I get the phone call, um, we've had a massive incident at uh, Energy Australia's Yalorn site. I find out it's uh, my friend Graham. <clears throat> so at that point we knew there was an incident, we didn't know the details, WorkSafe was uh, starting an investigation so it took a while to get the, the sort the rumours from fact. Uh, once we did we realised WorkSafe had a massive investigation. We understood that WorkSafe didn't have, let's call it the technical expertise to investigate a high voltage uh, explosion to put it bluntly. So we, we were wondering who was going to do that. Um, down our way, we're very clear that WorkSafe's uh, inspectors are great, but they're also paid about half the wage of what the workers get. And where that's important is that they don't get the people with the right expertise doing the investigation. So we couldn't get any information. While the status of the investigation into Graham's death was a mystery, Mark found out a few things immediately after talking to members on site discovered that you know people had been asking for PPE uh, equipment uh, back in 2011 and Energy Australia's representatives there basically just kept pushing back on it saying it wasn't needed. They got to a point where um, the company said um, it was overkill, that were the words they used, overkill this equipment. Um, mind you the other power stations around the area, Hazelwood had uh, that sort of PPE gear coming in, sitting there for trial, uh, lawyering I believe did. So Energy Australia was lagging in that, that respect. Members on site also reported it was the third time in 18 months that a circuit breaker had exploded. In the days after the incident, Graham's colleagues flagged with Energy Australia that they would be buying their own PPE, which shamed the company into finally getting some within days of the incident. This new protective gear included arc flash suits, similar to what bomb disposal experts use. So, members at Yalorn now had proper PPE but the investigation into Graham's death was only just starting. Mark had little choice but to wait for the investigation to take its course. But after about a year, Mark was now ringing WorkSafe every month and getting nothing. Almost by chance, there was a two-year anniversary of Graham's death. So I rang uh, a few people involved, WorkSafe and others, and I was asking, how come you haven't prosecuted? What's going on? And they gave the impression that it probably wasn't gonna happen. And at that point I'm thinking, well, why isn't that going to happen? And, and the conversation led me to think, well, is there a limit on it? So I jumped online, started reading some of the acts and went, wow, there's a two-year limitation. So I made some calls back and I said, are you going to prosecute? Because in two days' time, it's two years up. So at that point, this is 9.30 in the morning, 
I'd realised when I looked at the date that this had to happen by this afternoon. Um, so I read section 131 of the OHS Act and it basically had the words that you could prosecute as, but as an individual. So there you go. A bloke was killed at work in the most horrific way and it was going to go through to the keeper. If Mark Richards and the Victorian District of the MEU hadn't taken on the case, Energy Australia would have got away with it. WorkSafe had dropped the ball, but luckily Mark had picked it up and run it up the park. Finally, in February 2023, over four years after Graham's death, his family and friends saw some justice. So we ended up in court, finally. Our family was there with us. I was um, sitting behind Graham's mum and next to his co-worker. And they were charged with three charges, essentially. One for not maintaining safe plant, one for not providing training uh, that was appropriate for it, and the last was uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. The judge was uh, very supportive of um, the evidence that was there and the, the shortcome of it was that there was $1.5 million fine, which I believe is almost a record in our area. Found they pled guilty to three charges. Um, that was a reduced fine. We believe that there's at least acknowledgement um, that there was an issue there and, and someone's paid a penalty. You can never replace a life with a fine, but at least it sets a precedent that now we have industrial manslaughter laws that the bar's set that they're not going to get away with it, they will be prosecuted and the union will follow this through to the very end. The court found that a panel that was supposed to protect Graham from contact with the live conductors was not secured properly. It found there were inconsistencies on how staff were trained to rack out and what was written in the Energy Australia manual, and that PPE was insufficient. The court found Graham was doing his job exactly as he had been trained. In fact, the court was told he was, quote, meticulous and, quote, a perfectionist. Speaking at the front of court, Graham's brother Luke directed some comments towards WorkSafe and their decision not to prosecute Energy Australia. We are confused about why you initially chose not to prosecute this case uh, on the grounds that it did not meet the burden of proof, but it clearly did. Uh, this won't ever make sense to us. Um, it's only served to unnecessarily prolong our suffering. Mark says there are a few key lessons that should be taken away from the Graham Edwards case. Myself and the family felt vindicated to finally get a prosecution. We feel like it's almost a hollow victory in terms of the life is lost, but we hope that it's a bit of a lesson that may help save others' lives in that industry. Uh, the big failing here was the inspectorate and the, the regulator to not um, charge when obviously it's been proven they should have. Uh, I believe there needs to be an bit of an internal investigation to find out why work so failed doing this and I would suggest that the legislation needs to be changed. Two years is, is not a satisfactory limitation considering that the investigation takes almost that amount of time. There shouldn't be a limitation on it. Mark's referring there to the Work Health and Safety Act. Section 232 sets a limit on prosecution at two years which almost meant, as you've heard, Graham's family sought no justice at all and Energy Australia got away scot-free. Mark says the limit on prosecution needs to be increased to at least five years. Graham's brother Luke also directed some choice comments at Energy Australia. We're relieved to finally have reached the point of justice for Graham today, uh, to the management of Energy Australia. Uh, we have been deeply distressed by the loss of our brother Graham uh, and hope that if there is anything that can be learnt here today, it's that human safety must always come before profit. 
The result in Victoria has been closely watched by other districts of the union. In Queensland, where they've seen six deaths in four years in the coal mining industry and zero prosecutions, they're taking a lot of heart from the Victorian district's win. Their campaign, Justice for Miners, urges the Queensland government to get serious about prosecuting those responsible. Queensland District President Steve Smythe has been watching the Graham Edwards case in Victoria closely. The Victorian district should be um, congratulated for their, their fight for justice. In my context, it just demonstrates the need to fight and continue to fight. Never take no for an answer. And it gives us um, certainly encouragement and more drive to continue to fight for our members who have lost their lives in the workplace or those who have been seriously injured. When a person dies on the job, particularly in the coal sector or the energy sector, the ripple effect is not just in that region, it's right across the country. People relate with going to work, doing a job, and they should return home safely. So it certainly gives us encouragement. Um, we congratulate the Victorian district and, and we certainly think that um, we will not rest till we get justice. And we certainly will continue our campaign, Justice for Miners, because at the end of the day, every worker has the right to go to work and return home. And you can add your voice to the Justice for Miners campaign by googling justiceforminers.com.au. Mark Richards believes it won't be until people are jailed under Victoria's new industrial manslaughter laws that employers will take safety seriously. But he says there's no point having the laws on the books unless they're vigorously pursued every time someone dies on the job. After all, Graham Edwards' death was part of the reason the new laws were brought in. So in future, if someone dies in similar circumstances, individuals in management roles are held to account and brought before the court. I think it's, it's devastating that when someone dies, there's not a prosecution. Industrial manslaughter laws have been brought in. They need to actually be utilised. Someone needs to go to jail. We only need to lock up one CEO to set a lesson and a standard of maintenance. Mark believes it's vital, especially in industries where assets are coming to the end of their life, that companies are forced to maintain them properly right up until the day they're switched off. That's this episode of the MEU Podcast. Remember, if you like what we do here, feel free to tell a mate. You can even text them a link to a particular episode. And if you don't know how to do that, grab the ear of a passing 13-year-old. They seem to know about all this stuff. We find a lot of people listen to the podcast when they have long car drives and there's nothing on the radio. So give that a try. That's it for the MEU podcast for this episode. I'm Tim Brunero. Talk to you next time.